Brands outlive technology. I mean, technology change is a given, right? If there is something which is relatively more permanent, it is brand. You know, it is the notion of a brand. Hi, everyone. I'm Pankaj Mishra, and you are listening to the Outliers podcast. It's a podcast, a series of conversations with outliers. I'm really excited to sit down with founder of a product that has touched our lives for, you know, since 2010. And I must admit that I have been uh, an early user. I'm sitting down with Amlik Singh Bishral, who is the co-founder of Mountain Trail. The brand is Chai Point. Welcome to the podcast, Amlik. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, you know, we were just chatting before we started this conversation about, uh, you know, sustainability and, you know, why it matters to you know, care for environment and so on. Uh, but before we get to that, let us start from the start, Amli. Before we get under the hood of, uh, you know, the playbook itself, where do you come from? What was your early life like? You know, are there early values that you carry through? Give us a sense of who you are and where you come from. So, I'm a Jammu and Kashmir boy. I grew up in uh, Jammu most of the time, uh, substantial portion in Kashmir spent some time in Ladakh also. My father retired as an IPS officer and he served in Jammu and Kashmir pretty much throughout his tenure. So most of my schooling was there. Uh, the name is Mountain Trail because of the love for mountains and nature. So talking about value, if there is one value that comes across possibly is the love for mountains and greenery and environment. Because frankly, we just had the now I appreciate me and my brother, uh, got one younger brother, we had a very cherished uh, childhood because we were in a great environment, right? And uh, at that point of time, we thought we were missing out a lot of things which other kids were experiencing in Delhi, Bombay, and Bangalore's of the world. But uh, now I appreciate that, uh, you know, we were in such a beautiful place and, uh, uh, you know, great environment, outdoors, and love for the outdoors. And, you know, uh, I think that is, you talked about value, I mean, uh, uh, lifestyle aspect also and maybe a bit of value also you know from uh, just uh, growing up in a place where the outdoors are so great and I think that got entrenched somehow uh, so when you know I was setting up the company and then thinking of a name mountain trail was like a very you know I knew it had to do something with mountains <laughs> So, trail laga diya baad mein. <laughs> <laughs> What was the calling like? Why the business of chai? So, uh, actually, so most of the time that I spent uh, before I uh, thought of Chai Point uh, along with uh, Tarun was, um, you know, in the world of technology. Um, I had, you know, so my professional DNA, frankly, is sort of the Microsoft of uh, late 90s and uh, early 2000s, right? So, I really hold uh, that in deep regard at a very impressionable age. I spent four and a half years at Microsoft. I was 23 when I joined, left when I was 27 and a half, 28. Uh, so uh, great time. And obviously my bearing was completely in technology. I started as a developer and and then, you know, was a product manager and was uh, headed a consulting team. So I, you know, was an evangelist. So I had a great, great time there. Post my MBA, I think I realized uh, that uh, I would like my calling to be, you know, in a brand build out, right? I somehow felt 
at that point of time and it's a it's a feeling now which is a strong belief that brands outlive technology i mean technology change is a given right if there is something which is relatively more permanent it is a brand you know it is the notion of a brand so ye ek dimag mein ek khayal aa gaya tha and isi khayal ke piche i started just sort of searching for ideas i initially frankly started with technology led ideas but then you know looked at something in travel looked at something in ecom very early stages but then i realized they were all me to plays because there was around 2010 2011 there was massive action happening around ecom and uh, you know and travel and so on so all the ideas seemed like me to plays and i very quickly you know sort of junked them out uh, chai happened because i was experiencing chai around me a lot right i was managing a sales team at that point of time i was uh, uh, the india sac uh, md for a information security company a boston based information security company and i was a young md and i had a lot of sales guys and invariably they would drag me you know i obviously don't smoke but they would drag me to a sutta shop for a cup of chai and say boss baki review wahan pe karenge so you know Uh, it sort of became a ritual you know every monday when i would have the sales review the sales team in bangalore office would drag me and uh, and that's really how very candidly i start looking into chai because i remember asking the guy how much are you selling and so on and so forth and then it just so happened that every time i traveled and my job took me across the country i would invariably i would be traveling with sales guys who would taking me to customers and so on invariably i found myself asking the chai wala's there oh boss kaisa chal raha hai and uh, you know kitna karte ho kya sale hai you know and sabse zyada kya jata hai and you know i have a chat and and i didn't know i was going to do this but i just developed an interest and then later on when i had chucked out these two initial sort of tech consumer ideas i started thinking of food and that quickly led to beverage and then quickly led to chai right and i think all these travels across the country and all these interactions were also somewhere playing in the mind i remember having a discussion with tarun and another classmate of mine vikram who you know voiced it out first ki how about a chai play and then i quickly said yes how about a chai play right so uh, and we said okay let's go and then you know very quickly i also realized that you know this thought ki kya problem solve ho rahi hai what are we really trying to do that didn't even come up because the primary market study had been done without knowing that the study was aimed at something but it was done so then it was very clear very large market highly fragmented in spite of being dedicated to shanties and you know dirty streets you know questionable water source questionable hygiene a huge following from people who have options within the confines of air conditioned offices and food courts right um and the mind said why right why are these guys coming right and uh, once this thought came in i started asking many of my uh, you know women friends and you know family members and so on and they don't you like chai and uh, why don't i see you at the stalls and they would say because of the smokers right or because it's by the road side and you know women tend to be more skeptical around these aspects and men can sort of i realized they can overlook aspects of hygiene just because it's serving a need right so i realized so if there are no smokers and if the place was clean more women would come 
And uh, I would ask them and many would say, absolutely, we love chai, right? So, you know, this thing sort of gave the conviction and uh, started, started with a very basic concept of providing a hygienic, high quality, consistent place at a price point which is affordable, right? And I thought we we're going to build a mass market brand because the beverage has a, you know, sort of a demographic connotation. And we said that, um, I, I, I was thinking at that point of time that uh, everybody is building high-end brands. So what if we build a blue-collar mass market brand? So with that thought, we built up the initial outlets. But then after about a year, year and a half, realized that, you know, India is a very young country. Aspiration is just ingrained in everybody. So when you are creating a consumer product, you need to build an element of aspiration around it you can decide what is the degree of aspirational element in the product design or packaging that you need to introduce, but fundamentally it has to be there. Otherwise, um, the rate at which, you know, the cost structure are increasing in a fast-growing economy is not sustainable. And, uh, you know, so that over a time led to a slightly white-collar approach and then we are now singularly focused on white-collar. But you asked me about the genesis. This is yeah. how it all began. Really. Yeah, no, this sets the context very well. Let's now look at the, the building blocks, mm. uh, the early building blocks. Uh, you talked about branding, you talked about this, this target segment, you talked about the price point and so on. But take us through the, the three, five, six, what the building blocks that went behind kind of creating this, this company, this brand. And then we will get into the important milestones and learnings. Yeah. I think the fundamental building blocks which were there when we started and which are there now and something that we are very paranoid about are quality and consistency, the notion of quality and consistency, right? Because, uh, you know, it was very clear to me in the beginning and then, you know, as the team grew, it was clear to all of us that chai is a ritualistic beverage, right? You have chai every day. You don't say, aaj chai chalo kal ice cream there. You know, I mean, it's in its own category. At best, you'll say, Aaj coffee try kar lete. but even that is very minimal, you know. So when you are habituated to a beverage, and when that habituation is in so many contexts, right, it's not only at workplace, it is at home, it is on a Sunday morning, it is with family, you know, it is with friends, it's over a smoke, you know, it's, it's when you are down with fever, you know, look at the connotation, context, they go kitne, right? So, uh, happy moments, tense moments, and it's, it's like a cure. So when we realized this, we said that it's such a powerful emotional beverage, but the biggest problem that this beverage has is nobody has defined a standard. There is no, you know, sort of quality standard or consistency standard. So there is one school of thought which says ki boss, everybody has his own chai and you got to give everybody his own chai, which to some extent is true, but taken at a large scale level, I don't believe in it. I believe that people are creatures of habit. They are expecting consistency. And once they like a certain consistency, they would like that consistency to be given to them day in, day out. So this was actually a very simple but a very important thought that stuck us. And we said that, okay, there is no standard ki ginger chai kya hoti hai, but we will define our standard. There is no standard ki masala chai kya hoti hai, we will define. Iced tea, we will define. Lemon chai, we will define. Ginger, we will define every standard. And we will be just 
consistent to it. And as we achieve scale, we will have this lofty ambition that the whole world converges around that standard. So if somebody tastes a ginger chai from us, and then tomorrow it goes, they should say, oh, no, kuch off lag raha. You know, off vis-a-vis -vis what? Off vis-a-vis -vis the chai point standard. So this thought of quality and consistency just came in. We also were very clear that a ritualistic beverage is a defined and an undefined need. Many times you'll voice it out. Many times you suggest that You know, it's it's such a strong thing, right? So when we appreciated this thing with chai, we also realized that you know the quality aspect is not in only in the recipe but also in the quality of the ingredients. From day one, we said that even if we are 1,000 stores or 10,000 stores or whatever that number is, right, or will be, we are not going to give a lemon concentrate instead of freshly lemon squeezed juice. We will not put a ginger flavor instead of freshly pound ginger, right? We will do the pure thing. And if there is a certain variance which is coming because of seasonality, in season, mein ginger taste will be slightly different. And, um, you know, in summers, lemons are more expensive. They also are somewhat different, right? We said that that natural variance is something that the human body, you know, subconsciously forgives and almost accepts. You don't have to crack all of this and in the name of consistency or in the name of supply chain ease and start having bottle concentrates. pump boom, and you get that flavor. I want that and you pump another syrupy liquid and give it to that. So we took that call. The standard didn't mean artificiality. Artificiality, right? I mean, see, there are uh, a logic can say that, oh, you're so much scale. Why do you need freshly pound ginger? You can have lemon concentrate or, you know, ginger concentrates or why do you need to freshly squeeze lemons? You can have lemon bottles, concentrate bottles. That's So when we went behind quality and consistency, it was not just the recipe, it was the very construct. We said water. We will have one single company which gives us Pan India, the water filtration and softening plant in the store. Because the quality of hardness or the softness in the water decides the quality of chai. Before even you add anything, you take hard water and give the same ingredients, chai is very different versus soft water. So we went to all of these things and they these things became super important to us. Then we went into a sachet based approach. You know, we never had our raw materials in jars where guys were pumping in. We made it all mathematical. So it's four sachets, it's six sachets, it's 20 sachets. You know, so that the variance in quality and error is minimized. Then we automated, we started with LPG. I remember at one point of time, we were designing our own LPG heads so that the amount of flame that comes out of the LPG head is the same. I mean, I can say maximize, but in store store, head ki shape different, hai, usme pores come so flame come nikal rahi hai. Dusri flame is very much, and you are time de rahe ho, aap, the taste of chai will be different. So we went to that extent. Then over a period of time, we saw, okay, now, you know, power supply, we've gone through that cycle where power supply was so erratic that LPG had to be an option. Then later on, you know, world, became more consistent over the last four years, right? Power supply actually became a lot more consistent over the last four years. People don't appreciate it. We've seen it, right? At one point of time, we had a supply chain person looking only at LPG. You know, six, eight hundred cylinders to be managed and so on, different heads and, you know, be spending time with LPG head manufacturers. 
then we went on to induction then we went on to industrial induction which meant to buttons so usse simplification or you know come ho gayi and then over a period of time more automation came in so this quality and consistency thing is the fundamental block that we focused on it is super important how how did you ensure because you know it sounds very Uh, obsessive and and rightfully so approach you know in terms of minute detailing and everything right how did you document all this how did you ensure that it becomes a standard for so people who are doing it we were documenting it you know and at that point of time we was me and one or two other guys we were all documenting it we were writing sops day in day out right so it just it had to be done i mean it was not ki kuch uh, display of obsession hai it had to be done right so kitni der ke liye karna hai kitne gram hai you know we were just doing it ourselves i mean you know i was manning the store i was making it i was checking it because you know we realized that see aisa hai ki this product has been around for so many years right in indian context at least 100 of years i am not the first bright guy in the business of tea there are so many but i think it came clear to us that this task of standardization either has not been paid attention to or has been delegated to uh, careless brains and this is core to our business so the ceo and the core founding team better get on to it with all the rigor it's not something you can outsource but how did you identify people who be who take this forward because when you, when you are growing at a scale uh this sounds very nice you know that the playbook or templatizing it no it was just uh, relentless that if somebody had to work and join this is what you do you're not comfortable with it sorry i mean there was no option you had to do it this is these are the steps so every year for the last 5 years we've been doing formally chai masters right it's an annual event where we we take that as an opportunity to train retrain every single store partner on chai making then there are regional finals then there are national finals where we fly in our winners of the regional finals to do a live on a live stage chai preparation where there is a panel of you know esteemed judges eminent judges from the industry who actually taste the chai and prepare it so we've kind of you know kind of gone to it and uh, you know to be candid it sounds dramatic but as i'm saying it i'm realizing it that we still have lot more work to do you know aisa nahi hai ki apne kuch you know but fact of the matter is that that obsession had to go in because that was the idea right the idea was nobody has paid attention around this let's be the first ones to pay attention to it i mean that's the core idea so how can i go wrong in the core idea <laughs> right that's the software that's the algorithm <laughs> right we will come to that as well but take us through the brand journey you you yourself talked about you know brands outlive technology or everything else right over years chaipoint has clearly also become a very strong brand what is the playbook there what went behind building the chai point i think i mean to be candid i was very clear from day one that i'm here to build a brand i remember discussing this with a very dear friend who mocked at me you know and he's a very dear friend he said boss pehle dhanda chala le 
राइट ये ब्रांड स्ट्रैंड तो बाद में बनती है राइट बट आई डोंट नो वेदर ही वॉज ब्राइट और आई वॉज नाउंड बट फैक्ट ऑफ द मैटर इज द होल गोल वॉज टू बिल्ड अ ब्रांड सी आई वॉज अ एम डी ऑफ अ लार्ज कंपनी माई अपॉर्चुनिटी कॉस्ट वॉज वेरी हाई राइट एंड आई वॉज नॉट डूइंग दिस फॉर सोशलिस्टिक रीजन्स राइट माई माइंड सेट वॉज टू मोनिटाइज दिस लार्ज निगलेक्टेड मार्केट राइट एंड आई वॉज एक्सपीरियंस इनफ टू नो दैट दैट मोनिटाइजेशन इज गोइंग टू हैपन ओनली इफ द ब्रांड इज बिल्ड सो आई आई वॉज फोकस्ड ऑन इट फ्रॉम डे वन राइट बट कहना अलग है और यू नो करना इज अ लॉन्ग जर्नी सो वॉट पॉसिबली आई अंडर एस्टिमेटेड वॉज दैट इट वुड रिक्वायर लॉर्ड ऑफ टाइम एंड लॉर्ड ऑफ एफर्ट एंड वेरी कंसिस्टेंट ऑब्सेशन एंड पैशन राइट विच सॉर्ट ऑफ वी बिन फॉर्चुनेट टू कंटिन्यू विद बट दैट वॉज द ओनली थिंग दैट आई डिड नॉट अप्रिशिएट दैट हाउ मच ऑफ एन एफर्ट इट वो टेक बट द नोशन दैट इट्स गोइंग टू बी अ ब्रांड वॉज देयर फ्रॉम डे वन I mean, otherwise, point again. How did you build it? So, you know, and that was essentially um, there was at least my belief is, you know, at that point of time, um, in my case, my bearing and my mental thought process was very Western, very American, to be specific. A lot of time at Microsoft. MBA at Harvard, so मेरा वो जो benchmark बना हुआ था वो थोड़ा western world था but I was very clear that my play field is going to be India. But what I realized very early on that what the western the western playbook on brand building is very very passionate, is very very passion driven. It's not that they come out with just ads and you know raise tons of money and suddenly a brand is built and all that. That's one way to do it possibly. right of course many people have done it and uh, uh, but if you look at you know what has happened in the west and if you read the stories and those were the kind of stories that i was sort of aware of uh, guys there are founders who are you know giving samples on the street to everyone they you know they carry the placards i mean they're very physical about it they're very in your face about their brand right they carry their stuffs in their bags and go and you know now when you read all these autobiographies you know or biographies you get to know that this is the truth so so there was no i mean i did not have a um you know sort of super scalability hack around brand building i was initially drinking the cool aid of this thought process of the western old school style of brand building which means you make a great product you be super passionate about it you sample it to a lot of customers and gradually the name builds up and so on so forth. i mean it's quite foolish also come to think of it because you know i come from a technology background somebody could say i manage pe to tere ko 20 saal lag jayenge is tarah ki approach mein agar teri himmat rahi 20 saal tak right but uh, to be very candid pankaj that was what was going on i said man that's the real way to do it you know so you got to make the product yourself and you know i was making the product it can't be that koi mere ko kahe ki ye recipe hai usko bana do i should know each and everything i should get down to the full detail otherwise you're not being true and pure to the brand and i was kind of i was completely drunk on this cool aid right so uh, and uh, that's how we built it i mean store by store by store i think the good thing you know the smart thing possibly 
which we did, and it's a function of the great team that you know came along, was that we followed the customer. We were not stuck on a certain notion. Store khola, realized that a lot of customers are coming with their flasks. Chai leke hai. And suddenly realized so so flasks ja Then we started tracking ki flask kitni ja hai. So a system people started tracking. Pele track, you know, it was a register or whatever, it was an electronic cash machine. Then we said we'll build our own software. So we built our own software. Now the platform is called Shark, and that was another big thing. But we said we'll build our own software because uh, nobody has chai software, right? Uh, we looked at some coffee uh, softwares and they were doing it like per cup, you know, I mean, I could see their unit was 100 cups, but my unit was liters, 50 liters, 100 liters, you know, it's a volume game. So we built up our own software. In that software, we started tracking this, flask Then we suddenly realized, I mean, there are stores which are selling like, or filling up, right? 50 flasks, 60 flasks. Then we bought at one point of time some 1500, to 2,000 Milton flasks. Wow. We said, keep up flask, and then we, that, they sold, right? Then we didn't have the system to track who all has taken it, right? And some came, some did not. Then we became sharp on that. Then the challenge became on washing them, right? I mean, imagine, you take a little flask, and my staff started saying, sir, flask And then we said, okay, tell the customers to do it, because they are taking it. Then customers would not wash it properly. And then they would say, Chai kharab ho gaya. I said, kharab ho gaya because aapne to flask ki nahi Then we realized, oh man, this flask business is huge, but we are sort of doing it in a very foolish manner. So let's look at some heat retaining use and throw flask. Then we started working on what is that flask now, right? That cardboard flask of ours. It's now a standard. I see it's now a standard. Really? And the whole world has copied us on it. We, frankly, we built an industry around it, a small industry, <laughs> right? So we started searching, kaise kare? Then I spoke to some Italian company and he said, okay, we have this pouch, but it's going to cost you $5 per flask. And if you order some 100,000, it'll come down to around $1, 25 or 35 or something like that. I said, not happening, dude, you know, in India. So we started searching. Then we realized somebody had this idea that blood plasma and glucose pouches are you know, what is that technology? And then we started reaching out to pharma companies. blood plasma You know, because we are very clear that it's a sensitive beverage. You know, health was an important angle. So, you know, blood plasma is very delicate, you know. So then we said, okay, there are these companies that make these pouches and they are seven layered and they have inner layer BPA free because it's blood and, you know, body fluids and so on and so forth. We somehow reached to them. Wow. And then, we finally figured out a way for the flask. For the cardboard, you know, one there's there one US-based company, Ohio, which had a patent, and they said, okay, if you want our cardboard, then this is the patent. I said, yeah, cardboard. So we then figured it out here in India. We started meeting these, you know, pizza boxes guys, and they said, Hame is and they found it, you know, very strange. And but then one promoter who was himself very passionate about brand you know, about his work, essentially, and we met him, and he then said, okay, I'll help you, help you. and, you know, uh, he was a very cool guy, and he spent a lot of time with us in our office, and we finally created that cardboard shell, and then we imposed this, you know, what was initially the blood plasma, you know, sort of quality in that, and then we got, 
you know, the cost was much lower and then the scale became bigger and the cost became. So I'm just giving you an example that we, that's one trait that possibly we highly value and that's innovation. We are forever innovating. So then boxy shuru ho gaya. Then we realized that, you know, some people, some customers started coming up and saying, panch plas de do. So panch le lo. Then they said, ki boss, can't you give me a drum? I said, okay, we'll give you a drum. So they're taking 10 liters drum. Office, we can't pay you through petty cash. So there was some bank and uh, our manager's petty cash is running out because chai bahut zyada ja rahi hai. So uh, can we do a contract? I said, okay. And now I've done enterprise sales business throughout, right? And Microsoft. So I said, yeah, enterprise business. Okay, it's a contract. Okay. So we said, uh, okay, let's do a contract. And then very quickly, we created a small team an enterprise team within Chai called Chai at Work. So we said Chai on call, right? Chai in the store and Chai at Work. So we became omni-channel very early on, you know? And we were not trying to be omni-channel. We were just trying to see where we can sell more. And our audience was the same, white collar. Ye white collar pehle flask leke ja rahe the. Ye white collar kehne lage ki drum mein de do. Yehi white collars shops mein aare the, right? So that became sort of you know, and then the, we realized that, okay, now we'll, so we bought maybe six, 700, 10 liter drums. And at one point of time, we were delivering them. They said, okay, I can't come. So then we tied up with one of the largest auto fleet guys in Bangalore. And they would run around our stores and take the drums and deploy it. We thought, wow, this is some sort of a Bombay Dabawala kind of a scheme, right? And then we realized later on that, you know, Chai is getting cold, then we went into a semi-automatic machine with a manufacturer in Chennai. Then, uh, you know, semi-automatic, then we started building an automatic machine in Chennai. Then we, we deployed some 800 of those. Then we said, wow, but I happened to go to Taiwan and, you know, Far East on, you know, some work. And uh, I saw a lot of technology there. And then, you know, we said, why can't we manufacture it in that part of the world? So now, Boxy, which is, you know, the sort of child work became Boxy. We built up this 100% automatic machine called Boxy. Um, now it's completely manufactured in uh, Far East. We have partners in, uh, you know, Beijing, we have partners in Taipei. And, uh, uh, and we said, you know, it's called Android Banado completely so that it's, you know, so it all, it didn't happen like in a switch, you know, I mean, we were doing one thing which is, which is possibly our strength, that we followed the customer. We were looking at it, ki who can I? You know, what is the customer saying? And then data, you know, later on started supporting that 55% of chai and coffee consumption by the white collar is actually happening in the office, right? Because that's where the white collar, which is a big segment, which is our core segment, is spending his or her maximum awake hour. You know, you're going to sleep for do three hours at relax kar loge, movie loge, khana khala loge, and all that. But does ghante to aap office mein ho? Itna awake hours nowhere you are spending, right? So when we started realizing that, we said Boxy is super important. So then we built Boxy 1.0. Then we said, okay, make it completely Android. You know, because we had built that software layer again. We said we need to talk, make our software talk to the machine, right? So then we were the first ones to come out with Android tab-driven dispensing machines. Actually, we were the first ones in India, right? And it's not that I take pride in being a pioneer because frankly, I mean, no, 
you know, I don't, you know, it's not, I don't think it's a matter of pride. You've got to do something really good. But fact of the matter is that we started that, right? Um, and now we are working on V3, V4. So this, this is how sort of it evolved. And then it's not that we forgot the store. Then we realized, oh man, now the customer is evolving. And they are starting to say that, okay, chai is good, but the store experience is not that good. Then we said, okay, now we need to build stores which are at par. And it sounds as if we are trying to do so many things, but the unifying thing is that we realized very early on, and not that in some board meeting we were told to become one, or we met some investor or somebody you know, eminent who sort of pounded this wisdom, but we realized over a period of time that we are fundamentally an omni-channel brand. And in today's world, if you are not an omni-channel brand, if you don't give accessibility and convenience around the product, you cannot be meaningful enough. If you only have stores, and let's say they're great stores, in this traffic, right, who is going to drive so often unless and until they can just literally walk to the store? That's not a sustainable business, and it's a habitual business. The consumer has to take this beverage three, four, five times. How do you create a three, four, five time opportunity if you only have stores? You do delivery, that's fine. But everybody ordering and delivering and spending that much of money is not going to kill it. You need to have a dispenser so that you can just go off to the pantry and have it, right? Even that is not enough. This customer is Saturday and Sunday at home and wants to make his or her own chai, right? So you got to take the packaged product and make it available. And that's the fourth layer sort of that we are enabling. So we've been just following the customer. Now, it's a tough challenge, you know, I mean, every channel you have to be good. And that's something that, you know, uh, we've been fortunate to have a great team. We have been fortunate to have a supportive board, which has from day one bought into the vision that this omni-channel way is the only way to big something which is massive and create an impact. So we are at it. Uh, I'll make one thing about, uh, please have some water also. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, following the customer thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of the great founders, and including Jeff Bezos, and, and many of them are very ruthless about this, right? I mean, we have all heard and read instances where how obsessively they follow a customer, the focus on customer. Sometimes that can be misleading. Uh, sometimes it can mean doing too many things at the same time. So how do you segregate, you know? How do you make a bet? Like, how do you decide this is what I have to do and this is something I don't, I should not do? What is that decision-making system? See, so to be candid, I mean, uh, as a part of my growing up, I am only very recently getting into this mode of singular obsession or ruthless obsession around customer. I was not, you know, so ruthless about it. But I am now being ruthless, or maybe the word is I'm more clinical about it. It has become a core value that I am just sort of talking. I'm designing incentives, orgs inside the company around that. It was not such a conscious thought, candidly, maybe a year and a half, two. Uh, but at the same time, um, I would honestly uh, completely agree that I question myself and we question amongst ourselves that uh, in this you know, pursuit of being omni-channel, right? are we taking on too many things? Is it coming at a loss of focus for some channels which can either create customer dissat, 
right? That's the worst thing. Or give an opportunity to some competitor to come and do this. Uh, the competitor part doesn't bother us, but this customer dissat thing does bother us. So there was a time where I struggled with this thing a lot. And if somebody really experienced and senior would bring this out to me, I mean, I would very seriously, you know, kind of hear that person and kind of say, yeah, you know, I struggle with it, tell me. But I think over the last maybe two years or so, it doesn't bother me because I realize that this is the only way, right? Uh, because to say that you're going to focus on only one channel is to say that the world is not moving as fast as it is, right? It is. And when I have, you know, candidly uh, put this question to some very, very experienced people, very senior people who've seen life and complexity and, you know, scale at different levels than I have, they very clearly tell me the same thing. I said, I mean, one gentleman just very clearly told me, he said, embrace that uncertainty. You better jump into it. Because if you think that you're taking on too much, right? Um, you know, and especially when you have this principle that, you know, it's only channel. It's not that, you know, we're following the customer. We are not doing something fancy, right? Or completely disjunct. He said, you know, you have to embrace it. Because the world is changing way too fast for you to think, you know, uh, that it's not, right? So, um, and I think that gentleman, um, actually, when he put it so clearly and crisply, he just took care of this cobweb that I had in mind. Uh, and now I embrace the risk that if we don't focus and, you know, pay attention to each every channel, we can have a misstep for sure. But to say that, Oh, it is so scary a thought that we are not going to embrace Omni Channel is surely a way, way bigger risk. Right? The, the other school of thought, Amalik, is uh, like if you, if you look at someone like a Steve Jobs, right? They believed in uh, their own vision of what a customer would like to have or should have and, and so on. Then so sometimes you're catering to an explicit needs of the customer. It, it's been expressed or you meet that need, right? Uh, what... Have you done things wherein you you went beyond that? Uh, or, or do you think there would be a point in time wherein you would do something for which the need is still latent? <laughs> no, so uh, we've done that in a lot of small products. See, to be candid, Pankaj, it's not that we are so large that a launch from our side comes at such an expense or such a intense amount of PR that it would do any damage to us. We can do a lot of things. We are very much at that scale and size and still go under the radar. Do five things out of which maybe all five fail and nobody even notices. <laughs> right? That is, we have not reached that stage. Uh, but um, uh, the other, that, that's one part. The other part is that what the outside world feels is a new thing suddenly, invariably, is a thing which has been cooking for the last two, three years. You know, people build this notion that, oh, you know, Chai Point is all about Chai, 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 you know. Suddenly when we launched Boxy, it had a lot of filter coffee and we possibly now are one of the most significant, more significant purveyors of filter coffee in the wow. country, right? Now, somebody would say, wow, Chai Point has gone into coffee and, but we've been doing it for the last three years, right? It is not, it's suddenly visible possibly now for Boxy customers but we've been playing it for ages. So what seems as a big dramatic change to the outside world, invariably, is something which has been progressing 
because, uh, and definitely more true for our company because I think our thought process is one of the values that we have is detailed oriented, frankly. Um, so we are not that kind of a culture where we would take a sudden risk at the flip of a switch, right? Uh, we are a kind of a culture which possibly does things incrementally, but goes after those things for such a long time that when the final thing comes out, it looks as if it's a dramatic shift and it has happened overnight, but it has actually not, right? Um, we build our own software. Yeah, tell me more about it, Amalik. Like, what all does software touch and what it means to you? So, our business cannot survive without our software. It's as simple as that, right? And amongst my most valuable, you know, resources are our tech resources, right? Um, except accounting, right, software, any other piece of software apart from productivity, you know, the office and the emails and all, but core business software is all built by us. So which means supply chain, procurement, billing, invoicing, point of sale, you know, delivery API integration with the aggregators, delivery modules, on and so forth, right? It's completely our, our software, right? And uh, when you do an omni-channel business, right? I mean, fundamentally, my product is one. Right? It's coffee, it's chai. Uh, fundamentally, we are a milk business because you know milk is our most valuable commodity that goes into our offering. Now, all of the logistics, the supply chain, and the procurement is common, but serving these three, four different channels. Right? So when you have a common backbone, which is serving multiple channels, there's a lot of complexity, and the variation in transactions is very different. Right? that cannot be managed at the scale at which we are, right? I mean, so without software, we can't really do anything now, right? And there are newer and newer things which are coming up. As the scale is increasing, demand forecasting is very critical. How do I know how much to deliver to each store? How much, uh, how, how much of commodity, you know, tea or coffee, you know, um, leads or coffee powder has to go to a certain client? How? I mean, how do I know? Right? Um, it has to be based on some algorithm. It has to be based on some data analysis. Right? So, we're possibly one of the richest data hoards of hot beverage consumption in the country. Right? And it's not that it's a hoard, but we, we use it to run our business. And if there is any development, if I am candidly uh, committing to the board that I will deliver so much of performance, there is no one such statement which is not backed by a certain creation of a new software or a new algorithm or a new functionality or feature fundamentally in Shark. It is, I, candidly, there is, it's not just, it's, it's not possible. If I launch a new product, if I launch combos, if I, just anything. So, um, I think that's something that uh, we, we believe in a very big way. The world of FNB is facing a digitization onslaught like never before. It has not happened. It's a large industry. It's a $20 trillion industry or something like that globally. Massive. Right? Ola Uber is, you know, we understand, right? Ten years ago, it was very difficult to kind of appreciate. That same undercurrent of amazing, at an amazing pace, that same undercurrent of digitization is sweeping the F&B world. 
fueled and powered foremost by the aggregators, but also by multiple other things. Mobile payment-based dispensing of vending machines, mobile payments, right? Uh, sensitivity around ingredients, right? Those, you know, and you know, allergy. You know, I mean, at a, at a micro level, people are analyzing what are the ingredients. You know, this whole drive towards uh, eco-sensitive food, vegetarian meat, and you know, I mean, all these things, they're combining, right? to digitize the world of F&B at such a massive space, pace that it has, it's, uh, it's, it excites me a lot and it's, it's confounding, right? And we are in a very high transaction beverage business, right? I mean, second most consumed beverage after water. Yeah. So water, tea, beer, and coffee, that's the pecking order. How many cups you are at, uh, I mean, now? We, uh, Last year would have sold some 25 crore cups of hot beverages. You know, this year we'll double. So it's you know it's, it's fairly large number, right? <laughs> fairly large number. Nobody even bothered to track it. You know, you know to just to give you that simple answer with some level of assurance means that I have some systems which are telling me, right? So uh, Shark, which is our technology platform, therefore is super important to us and. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a core thing that distinguishes us from uh, you know, the other players in the F&B world. So on, on a more final note, Amli, uh, you know, you created this category almost. I mean, and, and this habit thing also, you, you innovated with new products. So many things went inside the playbook. But then we also saw newer players coming in the market, copying or benchmarking, which is fair in any industry, right? What is that all about? Like, uh, for example, this whole flask thing, right? Now, it's a standard. It's a standard, right? yeah. And you did it first. Right. Now, what happens? Like, what are these battlefields all about? What does it feel to be an incumbent in a market where you were a disruptor in that sense, right? What is that all about? Help me understand that. Yeah, see, I mean... Uh, it doesn't bother us candidly because, uh, and I mean it in a very genuine way, that the changes which, the, which are happening on the customer side are way more intense than whatever is happening amongst the uh, industry participants. Right? Customers are saying, we recently launched almond chai, vegan chai, because some customers were asking. That has piqued more customers. What is this vegan chai? Right? Customers are looking at newer and newer eating habits. Digital consumption of food content is way, way higher than actual food consumption. You, you know, I mean, you know, when uh, customers read about it, right, they are aware about it. Itna kisi category pe kam hota hai. Right? I mean, just think of it when you buy clothes, okay, you look at design, but you will not go down to the nitty-gritty. But just think about it on the food the customer plays with. What is vegan? What is non-vegan? What is this, this, that, all that? You know, I mean, various categories, subcategories, eggs, you know, uh, free-range eggs. I mean, I can go on and on. And customers are reading all of this. So, which is the most important area to keep a tab on? The customer. What's going on? What is happening there? Why do I have to worry about you know what the players are doing? That's point number one. The point number two is the size of our industry is massive. It's one and a half lakh crores highly fragmented. 
we are at a run rate level close to about 200 crores. So which means that we are 0.01%. I mean, I, you know, let there be 100 more competitors. It's such a large market. If I have to selfishly look at just at our financials, right? That's not the area to really kind of worry about. And I think we realize, you know, we worry about that we are only channel. We better pay attention to our, all our channels. We worry about our customers. What are they thinking? What are they wanting? Right? At one point of time, ghee was not even talked about. Now ghee is suddenly the coolest thing. Right? And, you know, we're thinking, man, maybe we should have everything in ghee now. Right? You know, and uh, when we introduced jaggery sashes, we thought we'd be just cool and cute that we have. But now jaggery sashes are going flying. We are the first ones to introduce honey in twigs. Right? And I just honestly, when we did that deal with one of the partners and he had this cool packaging technology and I said, okay, brand karenge I thought maybe it'll be nice, customers will walk in and they'll say, okay, Chai Point is maturing, they have honey also. Till the time I realized few months ago that honey consumption in our stores is at a very, very serious number. Right? And so, you know, I mean, all the action is there. <laughs> you know, all the attention is there. Before we sign off, final thing, Amalik, uh, this journey since 2010, right? Uh, there would have been a lot of things that worked for you and there would have been some, some things that didn't work, right? If, if you were to capture the key uh, things from things that didn't work, uh, what would be some of those learnings that you could distill out? See, I think number one, the biggest was that uh, actually the journey really began around 2011. 2010, I resigned. I was thinking of so many ideas. The first angel check came in around 2011 end, which finally made that, you know, Chengal angel H, uh, check was supporting Chai Point. So you just focused on Chai Point, right? So, um, but um, the biggest thing was that the notion of a brand, right? I think that was my biggest learning. Now, I, I was an experienced corporate guy, an MBA from a good school, but I had to shut the first 10, 11 stores because we were centered around a blue collar basis and I didn't appreciate the whole aspirational nature of Indian, the Indian consumer, the young Indian consumer who in spite of being theoretically sound, I was practically very, very foolish. I didn't realize. Uh, not to say that a blue collar brand could not be built, but I had hugely underestimated uh, as to what brand building around Chai meant. So that was my biggest learning. And that was, um, you know, that you need to really, really understand the customer segment very carefully. And the word brand is not a generic concept, but it stands in context to your target customer. Right? So, you know, so that was one big learning, which came at a big cost. I had very supportive angels who, after giving me, you know, a few crores, to crores early on, I had to go back to them. Hey, sorry, sir, I'm going to shut all of them. And uh, looks like I burnt all your hard-earned money. Uh, but you know, I think I'm hugely grateful to those those gentlemen who you know participated with us in subsequent <coughs> rounds. Still are involved, engaged. You know, hardly anyone has sold their shares. Uh, and they said, "Don't worry. Okay, that's a big part of the realization." But it was a traumatic experience for me to first time entrepreneur, the store when I suddenly decide right? So that was first, the first big lesson. 
The second lesson uh, um, was uh, uh, around team building. What kind of, how to build teams and, uh, you know, uh, what is the definition of the right talent and, you know, all that. And I think that's a part of the journey. I think, uh, I, I personally believe that many of those missteps could have been prevented had I had the good sense to ask senior people. I was surrounded by very senior people, my investors. Uh, very pertinent questions on that topic. I did not ask, therefore I paid the price. Uh, but many of it is also experiential. Over a period of time, you realize that you know uh, the journey of a startup involves people evolving with the startup. And many a time, there's some people who are just not ready to evolve. And uh, those kind of people, uh, voluntary or involuntary, should, right? be let off that boat, right? Uh, to do justice to the startup and the people who are evolving. Uh, and this, this whole realization also uh, can be very intense for an entrepreneur, especially in early stages, you know? Um, it's sort of very emotional uh, and also, um, uh, it has an emotional as well as a business tone. So huge amount of learning there, which over a period of time, I think, I've become sensible on, but that's something that frankly, I still uh, feel I'm a, I'm a student of, so that's, that's something that I'm very conscious of, you know, about the people build up part, the culture part. I've read all the, you know, all, this is classic B-school fodder, but, you know, there is a difference between knowing and understanding, right? So I knew all of this, but I didn't understand any of it. Now I sort of, I think, understand some extent, and I realize that it is complicated enough that you've got to keep your sort of ears to the ground and eyes on the ball forever around this topic around team, culture, people, talent. Uh, as the market is evolving, changing, you know, for example, technology has become so important to us, right? Who would have thought, right? right? Uh, but it's so important. Now, when you have a company, omni-channel company ka gave reality. You have multiple channels, you have very different kind of people. You know, the boxy team is a very different DNA, right? And the product team is a very FMCG DNA. Stores is a very service operations DNA. Tech is a very separate DNA. How do you have all of these people together working for the same company, for the same brand, right? So, um, calls for calls for a lot of learning and a lot of lessons. They're right? different worlds. Already. They're different worlds, right? But how do you tie them all? It's not so complicated if your construct is right, but to get that construct right early on, right, is uh, is important. So this people part is a is a big one. Right? I think these two big things are enough. Yeah, no, no, this is, this is good enough. And it takes uh, not just courage, but a lot of learning to uh, to point out and illustrate these examples to uh, you know, great examples. So India runs some chai, but uh, you know, the, the chai point runs some software. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, it's true. Absolutely true. Thanks so much, Amlik, and Godspeed and more power to you. Thank really, you so much. Really enjoyed Thank this. You. Thank really, you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Amlik. You. Thank you.